Welcome to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA players, legends, and the top instructors in the game share their insights and playing lessons. Join Chris every Tuesday night as he talks with the greats of the game. Tonight's show is sponsored by the French Lick Resort, the PGA Tour Superstore, the Bobby Jones Apparel Company, Ben Hogan Golf, Two Under, Taylor Made Golf, and Golf Pride. Now, here's your host, Chris Mascaro. Hey, good evening, folks, and thank you for joining me tonight on Next on the T. I am your host, Chris Mascaro, and I want to thank you for being here and for continuing to make us a part of your weekly golf content. I want to start off the show like I do every week by saying hello and thank you to one of our sponsors, the Lamore, which is a fantastic community, resort, and golf course just 35 minutes outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee on Lookout Mountain. Please go online to themaclemore.com so you can see how fantastic that place is. It's co-designed by our good friends Bill Bergen and Reese Jones. Our friend Kip Henley said, outside of Pebble Beach, it's the most beautiful 18th hole he's ever seen. See why he says that by checking out the course and the resort online at themaclemore.com. Okay, tonight my first guest is going to be our resident director of instruction, Tom Patry. And a theme tonight you're going to hear on the show is sports betting. As our country set an all-time record for the amount of money bet on sports in August. And if you can believe this, New Jersey was the top state. It outpaced Nevada. So I want to get TP's thoughts on betting on golf and if it's good for the game. If it really doesn't matter now because the toothpaste isn't going back into that tube. We'll also talk putting and why he likes the new Scotty Cameron phantom putter over his old trusty ping putter that he's used practically his whole life. Plus, the most impactful putting video I've ever seen. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more when TP joins me here in just a few minutes. Following him, I'm going to get a return visit from my long-lost cousin, John Mascari. Tonight, I want to get John's thoughts again on the betting craze. We'll get his thoughts as well. Also want to talk about the role of the PGA professional and how that has changed over the years, plus where he sees it going. We'll also talk about his junior players and how he keeps them engaged in the game and picking up their golf clubs versus picking up a joystick. John is going to be back with me about 25 minutes from now. Then we'll round out tonight's show with a visit from Rich Kozowski. And Rich is the CEO of Perfect Motion, which you heard Chip Beck talking about when he joined me a couple of weeks ago here on the show. We'll hear how their app can help us discover any flaws in our swings and our putting strokes and how we can work with someone like Chip Beck as our coach through their app. Rich will join me about 45 minutes from now. So there you have it, folks. More great stories, tips, and information coming your way tonight on this edition of Next on the T. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in and taking the journey with me tonight. You know, I always like to start off the show by saying hello to my friends Mitch and Matthew Lawrence. And let me remind you about their great golf shows. Mitch's podcast is called Talking Golf Getaways. You can find it on GolfTripX.com or on Audioboom, Stitcher, or Player.fm. He and his co-host Aaron Bunch are going to let you know about great places you can go stay and play around the U.S. and Canada, and of course, some of the hidden gem courses that you might not be aware of. If you love golf and travel, folks, their show marries those two things better than anyone's out there. They're fantastic hosts and even better people. Matthew's show is called Backspin Golf. It's my regular Sunday morning, 8.03 a.m. Eastern Tea Time. Never miss an episode because Matthew's fantastic and so are his guests including our good friend Perry French, which he typically has at the top of the show every week. 
You can stream his show by going online to WLXG.com or by downloading the WLXG app. Tune in, folks. I'm telling you, you're going to love this show. And, folks, this segment of Next on the T is brought to you by our friends over at TaylorMade and their TP5 and TP5X golf balls. Played by Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Ricky Fowler, and Jason Day. It's the hottest tour ball in golf. Now, I know you know those names, but thousands of other golfers have already made the switch to TP5 and TP5X. You know they're available in high-visibility yellow and how much I love the yellow golf ball. Are you the next to make the switch? Check it out online by going to TaylorMadeGolf.com for more information. All right, now here to kick off the show like he does every other week is our resident director of instruction, Tom Patrick. You can visit him and improve your game this winter at his indoor facility which has all the latest technologies down at his home in Naples, Florida. You can now find Tom at his new winter home course at Crown Colony Golf and Country Club in Fort Myers, spring training home of the Boston Red Sox, oh, by the way. If you won't be anywhere near the west coast of Florida but still want to get lessons from TP, download the V1 video app and send Tom videos of your golf swing, and he'll respond to you with a lot of great content for how you can improve your swing. You can also send him a question via his website, tompatry.com. Be sure to subscribe to his newsletter while you're on his site as well. Tom is also a member of the Titleist Leadership Advisory Board, has his own show on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time over on Instagram Live with some really fantastic guests. And it's always great having him back with me tonight here on Next on the T. What's up, TP? Trexy boy! (laughs) Always love that. What's up, TP? How are you, my friend? Man, let me tell you something. If I was any better, I would be you. Hard to believe. I don't know hey, if you can get that. Just, just, just a quick one. I want to, I want to give myself a little plug here, if you don't mind. This Thursday right on Instagram Live, I, I want you to tune into this one. This Thursday on Instagram Live at 8 o'clock, I've got David Graham, World Golf Hall of Famer, and former U.S. Open champion. I'm pretty pumped about that one. That's going to be fun. No doubt. And I've had the privilege of uh, of talking to him a couple of times. What a What a great man. What a great story. So... I'm all, I'm excited and uh, pumped as well to to listen in. That would be fantastic. Good for you for getting him. Yeah, it should be fun. That should be fun. So, TP, you know, tonight is the 42nd time you've been with me on this show. And, and no, that included is it really? Yeah, and that doesn't include the time and a half that I was on your show. And I'll tell you what, TP, I think that's got to earn me something. I think I, I got to get a, a spot in your will. <laughs> I mean, something. I mean, your wife doesn't talk to you as much as I do. I think that should get me something. Well, she's smarter than you are. Though. You got to get that. Her as well, she's no doubt. Smarter. Yeah, so uh, 42nd time. Is that right, man? That's unbelievable. So we have to keep track of this because on the, on the 50th show, okay, I want it yep. to be just you, and I for, just you and I for an hour. For an hour. Okay. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, I, just, I, I just want to go a lot of different places in the 50th show, like all over the all right, we'll do that. Now you know. I mean, we've only got a handful of shows left in this season, so it'll have to be in uh, in season number eight. But we'll do that. We'll, we'll maybe that's the way. You know, I don't know if it'll fall just nice. Probably not, because uh, I probably only get the privilege of having you two or three more times this season. So that'll probably get us to forty five. So we'll have to get a little bit into next season. But we'll make that happen. Okay. That would be fun. A whole hour of you and me. That'd be unbelievable, wouldn't it? That'd be like you know, like the two Italians for an hour. We could go a lot of places. <laughs> <laughs> and TP, you know, today is the 16th anniversary of something do very, this. very special. Don't do it. Do do you know, do 16 years ago tonight, 
The Boston oh, Red Sox completed the greatest sports comeback ever by taking your Yankees down in Game 7 after being down 0-3. Beat your Yankees in Yankee Stadium and win it four games you to know, three I'm, to go on I'm, and I'm, we I'm would win be, the World gonna, Series. What I'm a great be, night that was, D.B. I'm going to be a gentleman and not call you the name I want to call you right I'm going to be a gentleman. I'm going to be a gentleman. I'm going to abstain, and I'm going to have a little bit a little more class than you do right now, and I'm going to abstain for calling you a dick. Okay. <laughs> oh, one of the greatest nights of my life. I just smile. I have a oh smile just God. thinking about it. I, I can't tell I, you. I can't, you can't even measure the pain I was in that night. The pain, it was unbelievable. I wish I had that I can still feel it. Oh. Yeah, thanks, thanks very much. <laughs> All right, on to more positive things for you. I want to please, talk about, uh, I want to lead up by talking about Crown Colony. You're gonna, this is what, uh, the, the end of the first or what, first week and a half now you've been there? Talk about your experience going there. It's actually the beginning of week two. Um, it, you know, Chris, I, I said to you, I think off air a couple of days ago, or maybe it was even earlier tonight, that, you know, when you're, when you're at another place for a long period of time, under let's just call it under circumstances of the night ideal, leave it at that. And you get going and you're so busy, you're kind of in the rat's wheel. And then you go someplace um, for a variety of reasons that's different. And it's a really great place. You look back and you realize how unhappy you were at the previous place. So I'm going through that right now. They, the people, the members of the club, you know, and we're only in October. Let's keep in mind, we don't have a lot of people down yet. The members of the club have been incredibly positive and welcoming. They've been really gracious. They've all come up and said hi and introduced themselves. And um, I've had a hell of a, an October. I mean, only half, of, you know, I started on the 15th. So only such a half a month in October. Uh, not quite sold out. And I never expected to even be busy in October down here. But pretty close to slamming and jamming. Um, so it's been incredibly positive. The GM has been Dave Ken, who brought me on, has been incredibly positive. I've gotten to meet most of the board members now. I've been on the golf course a couple of times. The superintendent is a wonderful guy, Paul Bacon, really, really good guy. The food and beverage staff. I mean, it's just a positive place. So I'm, I'm extremely excited about the whole thing. Good for you. That's awesome. You deserve to be in a place yeah. that appreciates you. So good for you, TP. Thanks. I appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Tom, one of the themes of tonight's show is going to be around sports betting. And I, I tell you, record numbers. I'm shocked at the record numbers that we, just as, a, as, as, as in the U.S., just U.S. alone, Tom, in the month of August alone, we bet $2.1 billion, with a B, billion dollars on sports. I mean, you'd think with everything going on, right, with the unemployment, the amount of uncertainty in the country and everything else, we... We'd be, you know, keeping our money, but it's absolutely the opposite. I, I want to get you, is this good for sports and good for golf, right? Golf is a big thing that people are betting on now. Do you think this is a good thing or, or doesn't it matter because the genie's never going back in this bottle? Well, the genie's definitely not going back in the bottle. You're absolutely right on there, Chris, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you where I, I bring this whole thing back to. Unfortunately, and I'll tell you a little personal story that's maybe a little too personal than I I don't share this very often, and I'll, I'll, I'll share it just for maybe, maybe in hopes that maybe I'll help somebody out there tonight. My, my, my dad was a, uh, well, my dad was a degenerate gambler. You know, he, he, uh, there's no, there's no other way to say it. And, and cost himself a lot of things, including his marriage because of his gambling and, and 
and some other vices. But I remember the first time as a youngster, and when I say youngster, I was probably, I was underage. I was probably under 21. Uh, I got in the car with him one day, and I thought it was a cool thing at the time. I really since then thought a cool thing. And he took me to Atlantic City, New Jersey, uh, from our home on Long Island. And uh, we parked the car, and I was all excited that I was going to get going to a casino. And uh, it was it happened to be it was Trump at that time, of all places. And uh, yeah, we kind of walk up the boardwalk and get in front of the casino, and I, I almost felt like I bolted for the door. And as I bolt, and I really kind of started walking fast. He grabbed me by the collar. And he said, stop. And I did. And he said, look up. And I looked up at this magnificent building. And he said, uh, pretty cool building, huh? I said, yeah, it's unbelievable, you know? He said, it wasn't built with winner's money. There you go. And I said, huh? He said, it wasn't built with winner's money. And I, and I kind of didn't get it at the time. But I remember I had $100 in my pocket. I was so excited to go in. I had $100 in my pocket. And it was pretty loose back then. We went in, we went in and he, he went one way and I kind of went the other. And about 30 minutes later, I walked over to him. I found him at a, at, a, at a blackjack table. And he said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm broke. He said, that didn't take long. So that's what I think of sports betting. I, I don't know about you, Chris, but I work a little bit too hard for my money. And the casinos don't exist because everybody's beaten them. Uh, as a matter of fact, they don't exist for that reason at all. So I can't imagine PGA Tour event with 144 of the best players in the world. And even if you took the top 10 every week, how hard it would be to pick the winner week in and week out. I just don't know how. And I feel like I know a pretty good amount about golf. And, you know, you know who's hot, you know who's not. But how often have we seen, you know, a strange person come out of, Nowhere and win a golf tournament, uh, and, and even and even a major at times. Um, you know, and, and if anybody told me they would have predicted the run that Brooks, Brooks Kepler would have got on in the U.S. Open, or you know, I, I just I don't see how you do that. And, and I don't. I work too hard for my money, and I hope everybody out there who is thinking about, pardon me, pissing their money away on gambling, um, will reconsider that possibility. A billion dollars, Chris, a billion. How many? 2.1 billion, you said? 2.1 billion in the month of August alone. I think the casinos profited about, I think the number was $118 million of that. So, so, so. I know how, like I said, I know how hard I work for my money, how many hours I've spent, I spent close to 60,000 hours in my life on a lesson fee in the sun and in various weather conditions, standing on my feet. Doing what I love to do. Don't get me wrong. And I know I know you work hard, very hard at your craft. Um, I I don't feel like giving it to a casino or a sports betting person. That part I'll I'll pass on that one. But you're right. You're right. They're not going to put the genie back in the bottle. There's no way. It'll go on. Yep. Tom, let's switch gears a little bit. And and I saw your Instagram post earlier this week about how you you putted with the same ping putter. Pretty much your whole life. And boy, that's what I would have expected from you. Knowing you like I do, I figured you probably had, you know, sort of your, your go-to, your good old putter that you, you probably used your whole life. And boom, there it was. But I was surprised to learn that you really like the Scotty Cameron Phantom putter. Never would have guessed that. That's a radical change 
and style for you. Talk about that. So first of all, i got to tell you a story about the ping putter. That ping putter, when I was 11 years old, Dr. Anthony D. Giovanni. How's that for a mouthful, Chris? Nice there you Italian go. dentist. Nice Italian dentist friend of the family. Put me in his Jeep Cherokee, and he took little Tommy Patry on his first golf trip to a place called Pinehurst, North Carolina. And if you wow. don't think that 11-year-old wasn't, wasn't excited, uh, and he took me down there. He was a good friend of the family, and he really took a big interest in my golf. Call him Dr. D. And he took me down there, and we stayed at Mid Pine. But I remember I had one of those, if you can picture this, Chris, 11 years old, I had one of those kind of chrome-plated, super little putters that you'd find in like a rental set. You know, that was my first putter. And I thought that was the greatest putter in America. You know, it was a, probably the biggest piece of junk you've ever had in your life. And we pulled into Mid Pines. He said, Tom, I'm, I, I want to surprise you. I'm, I'm, I'm buying you a little present here today. Yeah, I said, what do you mean, Doc? He said, uh, the pro here is a friend of mine, and he's going he's gonna to get a new putter for you and show you how to use it. And I was like, devastated. What, what's wrong with my putter, you know? And we went into the shop, and this, this nice man came over to me. And could, could have been any nicer. And he, and he introduced himself, and he said, listen, come on on the green with me. And it was 1972, Chris, and he brought me out on the green. And he showed me this new and revolutionary putter called a Ping Answer. And I remember, I remember seeing the price tag on it. It was $19.50. Wow. That's a lot of money. $19.50 for a putter, right? So he spent a little time on the green with me, and, I, and he talked to me about heel-toe waiting and tried to explain it to me and couldn't have been more patient with me. And he took the putter inside, and he cut it down. He put a grip on it for me. A little bit, and he, and he, and he, and Dr. D bought me this putter. And that putter, uh, from 11 years old was with me till last year. Uh, all my junior tournaments, all my college tournaments, the amateur tournaments I won, the NCAA won, was the same putter. It was not, there was another, not, never another putter involved in a victory. Um, that man, by the way, who fitted me for that putter, that golf professional, his name was Julius Bora. Wow. Get yeah, out. That one. Uh, and, and I didn't know that till I didn't know that till probably ten years later. Okay, um, so that was that's really that's a pretty cool story. Anyway, so last year, a little bit over a year ago, another another you know I'm a Titleist guy, another rep I knew from another company who was producing a mallet putter. You can probably figure this out. Um, they're they're, they're sponsors sometimes sponsors of your show. Put this other mallet putter in my hands. Said, Why don't you just try this? You know. It's really good. And I'd never really putted with a mallet before style putter. And one of the things I found out about this putter right away, this putter he put in my hand, was it was incredibly easy, incredibly easy to aim. Like, um, and I, I'm a pretty good putter. I've always been a pretty good putter. But this thing was really easy to aim. I had the ball online all the time, just all the time. So he said, oh, I want you to have it. I'll give it to you. The rep says, you take it. It's, it's a gift from me. Obviously, he was trying to get me to drink the Kool-Aid and convert. So I took the putter. I was messing around with it for a couple months, and I got to the PJ Merchandise Show in January, and I'll never forget this. I walked into the titles to see my guys, and Kelly Moser, who worked with Scotty Cameron, was in there. He was an old friend. I said, Kelly, come here. i got to talk to you. Come over to the side here. I don't want anybody to hear this. And he said, what's up? I said, I've got a so-and-so putter in my bag. He goes, you got a what? I said, yeah. I said, listen, let me just tell you what happened. And I explained it to him. I've been messing around with it. It's unbelievably easy to aim. What does Scotty have that compares to this that I can transition to? Because I really like the way this, I don't like, I, I didn't like the way the thing felt particularly, but it was really easy to aim. 
and he says, listen, let me show you this phantom. And, and the first phantom he showed me has kind of green dots on the top of it, kind of neon green. And I, I didn't dig that at all. I mean, I just didn't like all the neon colors and stuff. He goes, well, we have another model that's black on black on top. I said, let me see that. He showed me that, and it really looked pretty good to me. And it sat pretty good. I said, I think I got to try this. He goes, try it. That other son of a bitch is out of your bag. This one's going to be in your bag. It'll be at your house. It'll, it'll be one at your front door in 48 hours. So Kelly, Kelly arranged for, for Scotty out in California to send me one. Well, well, not Scotty so much, but the company to send me one uh, to my spec. Before I got home from the show, it was sitting at my front door. And I started working with it quite a bit um, last Jan- at the end of last January. And it was just as easy to aim as the competitor. But it actually it felt better off the face. The material on the face felt a lot better from a speed control standpoint. Really solid. And I started working pretty hard with it. And uh, and unfortunately, old reliables, actually, I'm looking at them right now. It's over in the corner of my office over there in one of my spare Titleist bags. Um, and and I guess I guess he's retired now after spending years for this. 50 years with me. 50 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so pretty cool. So we we went. Yeah, it is very cool. Yeah, we went through a lot that putter and I together. We traveled a lot of miles together, and we had a lot of successes together. But there's no comparison now, Chris. You know, it's like everything else. It's like drivers. It's like irons. It's like wedges. The technology and the balance uh, of these putters are are so good now. The feedback is so good off the face, and they're so easy to aim um, and get the ball started on the line. Uh, and this particular model has been really, really, really good to me. I, I really like it a lot. So, so kudos to Scotty. Kudos to Titleist. I'm glad there's one in my bag. It's been really, it's been really fun. Really fun. So let's stay on putting, Tom, because you shared a video, and I saw it, and I asked you to send me a, a copy of it. It's the most impactful putting video I've ever seen. And just for something very, very simple, looking at you putting, and your head doesn't move until the ball is gone for, you know, a count of one or two seconds, something along those lines. But it's Section genius three. to me. Okay. But that's genius so that, to me. I mean, it's just that yeah, well, simple. Talk about that. Well, that, that video, I'll tell you the history of that video, Chris. That, that video, just for your knowledge, was, uh, was taken on the practice screen at Beth Page, as a matter of fact. Wow. Okay. Um, that, that, video, that, that video was about, about 30 steps from the first tee of the black horse, actually. And last summer, not this summer, not this past summer, but the summer before, uh, when I was teaching at one of my stops on Long Island, I, I had a rain day, and a couple of lessons got canceled in the afternoon. So I got done early. And I uh, I try to go to Beth Page every time I'm on Long Island at some point. It's just like it's one of the places I grew up. And I said, I'm just going to go over there and grab a sandwich and sit down, and I'm going to putt for a couple hours. Um so I got out of the putting green, and I'd, I'd been putting, I'd been, I, I had been putting badly, but I had been making a lot of putts. So I, I set up a, a tripod and put my phone on and put my V1 app on. And I started taking some film, both down the line and face on. And the first thing I saw in the face on film, that my head was moving really early. And I was kind of coming out of a lot of putts. So I kept on filming and kept on filming. And all I was trying to do was getting back to fundamentally, keeping my head really still a couple of seconds post-impact. And I, that, that putt you see in that film, I, I hit three balls in that film I sent you. Um, that, that putt was about 30 feet. And the three putts you see in that film, 
all went in from 30 feet away. Every one of them went in the hole. I hold three wow. 30 footers in a row. And all I was doing, all I was trying to do was make a stroke, hold my finish, and, and keep my head still. And I, say, I always say to myself, stroke, in other words, make the stroke, hold, hold the finish condition, hold the structure of the finish condition, and I go 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, rotate to look. Don't lift to look. Don't come out of my posture. Just rotate my head after three pulls, the three count to look. So that's what you're looking at in that video. And I, keep, I call that keeping the coconut quiet. So that's, that's where that film came from. It was actually me working on my putting stroke myself. Um, I've gotten a lot of requests. I've shown that in a lot of lessons. I've got a lot of requests for people, you know, ask me to send them that film, use that as a model. Um, so if anybody listening tonight wants that, wants a copy of that film, and they email me, I'm happy to send them a copy, and I'll send them a copy of the putting article I've written since then that goes with that film. I'm happy to send that to them as well. So if anybody wants to email me at tpatriotmindspring.com, for that film, just and just say in the subject line, uh, "Coconut Quiet Film," and I'll, I'm happy to send them a copy in the article. I appreciate that very much. That'll help a lot of people because I know it's it's done wonders for my putting game. Um, Mine too, Tom. One more before I let you go, my friend. Every commercial you see now is all about speed and distance. I mean, you've hammered in my head. Right. We've talked about it on the show many times. You end your show on Instagram Live every Thursday night by saying short game, short game, short game. Everything now is about swing faster, more distance. We never see a commercial like putt like Tiger Woods. We never see a commercial hit a wedge like Tiger Woods. It's all about the golf ball and it's all about the driver and it's all about this. Help me with that. Why? we, We talk about how much of the game is short game and putting, but we hardly ever see a commercial or any promos about short game i am so happy that you're asking me this question because as you know this is right in my wheelhouse first of all distance is second long sells home runs sell first serves in tennis at 125 or 30 miles an hour sell you know slap shots from the from the blue line that go a million miles now whistling past the goalie's ear sells speed always sells it's sexy it's exciting. Uh, and by the way, it's fun to smash a driver. It's fun to catch one right in the middle of the face and, and rip it down the middle of the fairway. No doubt about it. But here's one of the things that, you know, as a 62-year-old, I'll tell you, how old are you, Mr. Mascaro? 55. Okay. So at 62, when I put TrackMan on and I work on my own game, if I get the club to go 101 or 2 miles an hour, that's pretty good for me right now. And if I, if I get it going about 102 miles an hour and I get it in the center of the face with a pretty good fast, uh, a path face relationship, I hit it about between 245 and 260 uh, at 62 years old. So, and listen, here's the deal, Chris. It's not going to go 105 miles an hour. It's not going to go 110. It's not going to go that fast at 62 for me anymore. Those days are over. So the first thing is the recreational golfer doesn't understand that with all the speed in the world, you know, even if they're a youngster, if they can't hit it in the center of the club face, they don't get the benefit of the speed. So one thing that PGA Tour has, whether it's Bryson or whether it's Cameron Champ or Tony Finau or anybody else you want to name, okay, they can swing it at 125 miles an hour or in excess of, but they can find the middle of the club face every time or, or most times. And so they have benefit. Speed 
and contact quality, boom, they have distance. So the other thing, they're going to be able to do that. Well, I got news for them. Please try to share this with them if they're not listening. If you're not listening out there, I'll turn up the volume. You're not going to do that every time. It's not going to happen. <laughs> so, so, Sir also knows, and I don't care what manufacturer you name, that again, distance is sexy, and the TV is jamming us down the amateur's throat, and they hear it every week on CBS, on NBC, on ESPN, on the Golf Channel, Bryson, 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 and they want the newest and the latest and the greatest driver. Good for them. I think technology is important. But if you can't, if you can't swing the club over 105 miles an hour, over 105 miles an hour, upwards of 110, and you can't find the center of the club face, the benefit of the technology is nil. It is nil. Let me repeat that. If you can't swing it upwards of 110 miles an hour, can't in the middle of the club face, the technology you have in your hand is useless. Okay? So you need, you need the technology, and then you need the ability to crank it to 110 plus and have to find the middle of the face to start to derive benefit. So, with that being said, okay, I think it's a lot easier to make contact with a very abbreviated motion, a putting stroke, a chipping stroke, a pitching stroke, which is moving at a much lower rate of speed, many, many more, fewer moving parts, and in a longer period of time, nice slower tempo, and you can find the middle of the face, you can control contact quality, and you can pitch the ball close to the hole and knock a couple of putts in and save shots. The ability of the recreational player to possibly hit a solid chip shot is much higher than the ability and possibility of him to hit a driver at 110 in the center of the face. So what, what do you want to do? And, and by the way, since the putter itself uh, accounts for about 43% of the strokes you're going to make in your career, I would highly recommend you learn how to be very proficient with that one club. Now, again, let me go back to the beginning of the statement. Is it fun to hit it right down the middle of the fairway, 280 or 290? Absolutely. Is it fun to hit it over 300 yards? I'd imagine it's incredibly fun. If you want to hit it long, all you're interested in doing, you don't have to really go play golf or join a club. You can just go to the range and, and beat the shit out of it every time you want to go and do that and just, just go to the range every Saturday morning. You know, But that's not, that's not going to lead to really great golf for the average recreational player. Tom, before I let you go, remind our listeners about your show, Thursday night, 8 o'clock Instagram Live, some of the folks you have coming up, and then how they can follow you online and on social media. Chris, thanks. Uh, Thursday night, 8 o'clock Instagram Live, TP Golf Instagram Live. Like I said, the great uh, Hall of Fame member, David Graham, this week, followed by the head professional at Shinnecock Hills, Jack Druga, the following week, Jimmy Roy, who played both the Champions Tour and the PGA Tour after that. A really good one, Chris, for you, and a guy you should have on yourself, Woody Lashley, who I think, I think is the best club fitter I've ever met in my life, is going to be on uh, November 12th. After that, the great Martin Hall from the Golf Channel, a former National PGA Teacher of the Year. And then um, I'm off of Turkey Day. Turkey Day, we're off the air. Coming back from Turkey Day, we've got Cooper Manning, the great Cooper Manning, Eli and Peyton's brother, who's a good friend of mine, coming from New Orleans. And then Steve Scott, the uh, great Walker Cup player, uh, All-American University of Florida, who took Tiger, as you remember, 38 holes at Pumpkin Ridge, will be on with us uh, in, in, in early December. So we got some good ones coming up. And then uh, going into the new year, I'm going to have a guy named Chris Mascaro back on. He doesn't know that yet, so we haven't told him yet. 
but he's going to come back on. Wow. He, he's a he's a beautiful face on the screen. You got to get him out from behind the radio. He's a handsome. He's a handsome devil. And I want him. I want him when he's on. My next time. Next time he's on, we have to figure out a date. I want him to wear his Red Sox jersey. I think it's only appropriate oh, that he wears. Glad to do jersey. it. On, on yeah, I got to stick with yeah. Got to support the Red Sox jersey. So we got to have that. on. Hey, Chris. Before I go. I know you got a great lineup behind me tonight, as I as I often do, and I, I, I try always to do, and I do it on my own show now too. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for all you do for golf. I can't imagine golf on podcast without Chris Mascaro. Next on the tee is, you know, not, and I'm not saying this because I'm on. I, I listen on my off nights too. You are terrific at what you do. You have an unbelievable lineup of people. You do a great job in your preparation. Uh, you're spot on with your questions and. Uh, I'm proud to be a part of the show. Wow. I can't thank you enough, TP. Like I say, tonight's episode number 42 for you and me, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the 50th and the 100th and the 142nd. So I can't thank you enough for all the great stuff that you do for the show and the great content that you bring every other week as uh, as our resident director of instruction. You're fantastic, and so is your Instagram live show. So I'm looking forward to listening to you and David Graham in a couple of nights. Thanks, man. I love you. Have a great night on the show, and uh, to all the boys behind me, I said hi. Take care, TP. All the best to you and your family, my friend. We'll catch up soon. Thanks, pal. That's a great Tom Patry, and uh, TomPatry.com is the website, and like I say, Instagram Live, Tom Patry is on 8 o'clock Eastern Time. His lineup of guests are absolutely outstanding. Really looking forward to hearing he and uh, David Graham in a couple of nights, and then Really looking forward to making that uh, one-hour show. We'll have to make that happen. When he comes on and it's episode number 50 for he and I, it will just be he and I for an hour. So goodness knows where we'll go, but it'll sure be a lot of fun. All right, before I get to my next guest, John Mascaria, I want to give a shout-out to a couple of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at the Ben Hogan Golf Company. At Ben Hogan Golf, they manufacture some of the finest golf equipment in the world in their small factory in Fort Worth, Texas. That's because they build each club by hand using the same process Mr. Hogan created when he started his company 65 years ago. They call it micromanufacturing, so no mass production, no shortcuts. Visit them online at BenHoganGolf.com to learn more about their tour quality products and factory direct prices. also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Golf Pride. In golf, light grip pressure releases power. Golf Pride engineered a secret the pros know. A larger lower hand encourages lighter pressure. Plus 4 technology is designed with four additional layers, which reduces tension in the lower hand to generate more power. Play Plus 4 and release the secret that pros know. Now available on Tour Velvet, the winningest grip on Tour. Grip confidence, grip golf pride. And folks, this segment of the show was sponsored by our friends at the PGA Tour Superstore. This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGATourSuperstore.com. Now back to Chris and more of the show. All right, now back in making his fourth appearance with me is my long-lost cousin, John Mascari. Let me remind you about John's background. He attended Ryder University in Lawrenceville, New Jersey, back in the mid to late 90s and graduated with his bachelor's degree in political science and government. From 2000 to 2012, John worked at some of the best golf courses around New Jersey and New York, including Glen Ridge Country Club, Manhattan Woods Golf Club, the Colts Neck Golf Club, Hamilton Farm Golf Club, Canoe Brook Country Club, and Preakness Hills Country Club. 
He's now the head golf professional at Alpine Country Club in Alpine, New Jersey. John is also a member of Callaway's master staff. He's been named a top 50 master teacher by U.S. Kids Golf. He's also the co-host of the On the Tee Show with Anita Marks on ESPN Radio in New York. And it's always great having him on next On the Tee. Hey, what's up, cuz? How are you, my friend? I'm fantastic. How are you? Yeah, I'm I'm good. You? Boy, that is some introduction. Thank you very much. (laughs) Glad to do it. Now... But, but I got to tell you, I'm a little concerned because I saw your Instagram post not long ago where you got uh, some, what, bone spurs in the elbow? What's going on with that? Yeah. So um, my my arm was bothering me. I was hitting some balls on the range and went out. I, I played in our section championship. I just really, well, I couldn't even hold on to the club anymore. I went for x-rays the next day. And uh, the doc said, you got two bone spurs in your elbow. He gave me a cortisone shot that. I think the needle was in my arm for about 15 minutes, it felt like. And uh, it seemed to do the trick for now, so we'll, we'll kind of roll with that. But at some point, I think I'm going to have to go into the night. Wow. That's no good. Uh, I hope, it, yeah, I hope hey, it's yeah, a listen, I'm longer getting old. more than I'm sooner. Getting old. <laughs> getting old. Going to, my wife's going to have to trade me in for a new model. Soon. <laughs> so I, I got I to ask you now, I mean, uh, before we get to all the golf stuff, talk, talk to me about the football season in New York City. What a miserable Jets and Giants. How you, how you oh guys holding God. up on the football season? The, the good thing is I'm a Giants fan. You know, we've got one win, and we're only one you game got the out one of win? the NFC East lead. <laughs> I couldn't imagine being a Jet fan. I mean, like, keep all sharp objects away from every Jet fan in the Tri-State area. <laughs> oh, God forbid. <laughs> John, I want to get you. One of the themes of the show tonight is around is around sports betting, and I, I kind of I kind of want to get your thoughts on it. I mean, ever since the Supreme Court lifted the ban on federal wagering a couple of years ago, 2018, the amount of money that people are betting on sports is absolutely through the roof. So I was talking to Tom Patrick in the last segment. I mean, in August alone, John, Americans set an all-time single uh, month record. We bet 2.1 billion with a B dollars. Oh. And sportsbooks generated $119 million in revenue. That's uh, almost 100% above where we were a year ago. What do you, what's your thoughts on all the sports betting? <laughs> what else are we going to do right about now? <laughs> I mean, <it's, laughs> I hate to say it, but we're a captive audience. You know, we're not spending money on vacations. We're not going away. The kids aren't going to camp. We got a little extra scratch, a little extra got old as we say back where i'm from in our <laughs> pockets and hey i'll throw some on uh, the, the football game or the, the you know watching golf how great is the uh the in-game betting that we're seeing on the tour now i thought it was awesome watching that in vegas and what a perfect spot to, to bring it out in vegas of course but i thought bet mgm did a great job and good on them and good on the pga tour for coming together and listen it's just another way to engage the viewer you know, you brought up football before, Chris, and here's the PGA Tour has got to go up against the NFL on Sunday. So why not have something that might get people to be engaged and tune in and see if Justin Thomas can make birdie on number 12 for uh, 50 to 1 or something like that? I think you're going to see it more in other sports as well. Yeah, it's interesting to me about how all of this is, is going, right? I mean, for so long, 
you know, uh, you know, for my throughout my life, right? Every uh, that was whole taboo, right? Can't bet on sports. Can't have the sports leagues involved in that because of you know what it uh, could lead to. You know, we think about the you know the Black Sox and all that stuff in baseball and all that sort of thing. How bad all that was. Pete Rose betting on baseball, right? Can't get in the Hall of Fame. Now everyone's betting on everything all the time. So um, yeah, it's an interesting change in our in our culture and our society. Yeah, it's it's like I said, it's it's a, also I think the great thing about it is the immediate feedback and the immediate response you get from it, especially like these these one off bets, these prop bets, where it's instantaneous. We're an instantaneous uh, culture right now. We want to know the answer right away, and then if we win, we're going to take that money and bet on the next goal. So I think it's great for sports. I'm I'm kind of thinking where you came from and and why, how I grew up, where you had the little tear off ticket from uh, the bookie and you got the name, you know, they didn't have the team <laughs> right. names. It was New York versus Kansas city. And sure enough, you'd turn it in, but man, now it's on your phone and you can bet, you can bet whatever you want. So again, the, the changing world of sports continues Indeed. to mystify me. <laughs> All right, John, I want to switch gears a little bit and, and you've been a PGA professional for a while now. And I was curious to get your thoughts. How has that role changed? over the years for you? Well, it's, um, you, you think back, I became a PGA member in the late 90s, right out of college. And, you know, the real important things when I got into the business was being able to be a good instructor and being able to golf your ball. Okay, you got to be a good player. You got to be able to teach. It has changed so dramatically. Now, don't get me wrong. Obviously, that's still an important part of our job, but I do a lot of panel discussions and I talk to a lot of, especially new play, new people in the industry, and I talk to them about all the different hats that we wear now, especially as a, as a director of golf at Alpine. You know, we're talk, I, I sit down on food and beverage meetings. Uh, I'm a rules official, tournament director. I'm a small business owner. I own the golf shop, so I have to worry about that, merchandise, taxes communications, emails, I'm doing videos to the members. I'm an organizer, like just the day-to-day stuff about tea times and scheduling and HR stuff. And it's just, it's so many different plates that we're spinning. And, and, I, and I think I've, the PGA has prepared us for that. You know, the education that we've gotten and that now young people that are getting into the industry are getting is far better than years past and preparing them for that. But it's certainly not easy. We're and gosh, especially this year, we're asked to do so much more during this environment to just to keep the club going. So you really have to wear many hats, and it's unfortunate that sometimes that turns some people away. But the real great ones will embrace that and look at it as an opportunity to grow and to be great. So I certainly don't shy away from any of those roles. I embrace them because you just you know it's it makes me more well-rounded. So as you look out into the future, five years, 10 years, do you see it continuing to evolve in a, in a completely different way? Do you see something coming up o- over the horizon that you're saying to yourself, hmm, okay, got to get ready for this? Yeah, I think we're still going to be asked to do more. I think you're going to see clubs are going to more possibly the general manager role and the PGA professional role possibly into one. Um, you know, we have a, an advanced, degree program in the PGA called the Certified Professional Program, where 
PGA members can do some additional education in certain fields, one of them being general management. Um, I think also, though, for us, our challenge is going to be how do we replace ourselves as golf professionals when we do sail off into the sunset? Or how do we get more young people into our industry? And we're starting to realize as an organization that it's a difficult balancing act. Family time is probably the most challenging part of it. But flexibility for us as golf professionals is really important, especially to those that are coming into the industry. So work weeks need to get a little changing, a little different. Uh, I think clubs have to really step up and realize and embrace that. And I think the most important part, Chris, in our industry, and I hope, I hope Jim Richardson and all the powers that be at the PGA of America moving forward really start to grasp the financial certainty of a PGA member and giving them opportunities to make a good living and to have some money set aside so that when they do end up leaving the business or moving off from their club, that they're set up in a good financial position. So whether that's great retirement, whether that's pension, who knows, but I think that'd be a real important thing to draw talented people to our industry again. So let's take that a, a step further, John. And, and I know locally you've sat on the you know on the board for the PGA of America there up in New Jersey. Um, mm-hmm. But if if you were to have a a role on the board at at a higher level, is that where you'd go? Is there something about the game that you change, or something about the role of the PGA of America that you change? Well, I, I think you know I go back on this quote that our CEO Seth Watson he said, "For years we've protected our grandparents' game." instead of creating a better game for our grandchildren. And that goes just not only the game of golf, but the business of golf. We have to give our professionals opportunities to be successful long-term. And I always look at it this way. So my dad was a New York City fireman. And one of the, the things about being a cop or a fireman was there was a light at the end of the tunnel. You could get to 25 years or 30 years, whatever it may be. You can collect a pension. You can collect retirement. There was a light at the end of the tunnel. And what bothers me sometimes with our industry is that young people, talented, super golfers, great people are getting into our industry without that light at the end. They can put 20 years in as an assistant pro, as a teacher, and then all of a sudden have the rug pulled out from under them and they're left kind of twiddling their thumbs. So I hope the PGA of America, and I know Seth is really into this, protecting our brand, protecting the rank-and-file PGA professionals give them some sort of a safety net or a cushion to lean back on. Listen, we're a, a fantastically run organization. We, we make a lot of money on the Ryder Cup, on the PGA Championship, on our television deals that we have. Let's, let's see if we can spread the wealth a little bit to uh, the 29,000 PGA professionals in our country who do, who do the grunt work every day. Now, I'm getting on you mentioned. Box. you've mentioned young people a couple of times and and i know you're you're one of the top 50 master teachers for u.s kids helping develop you know junior players and when i think about you know kids nowadays i mean i've got you know kids now are all in their 20s but um when i think about my my journey through the game of golf well it, it took me about 10 years just to get bad you know go from terrible to bad at golf you're really good at motivating kids and, and developing junior players. How do you keep them engaged and enjoying the game and going out and picking up their golf club 
versus sitting in their rooms and picking up a joystick. <laughs> so I've got two kids, and they are 7 and 11. So I'm in a different world than you are. But for me and my children and, and the kids that I teach, you know, you use the great word, Chris, that's engagement. And that really is the key to it. And, and to get these kids engaged in golf, you have to make it fun. You can't take yourself or the game too seriously at this developmental age. Celebrate their accomplishments. I mean, the PGA Junior League is awesome. Manage the expectations of the player and the parents as well. But involve, make it a community thing. Involve their friends. You know, relax the rules. Give families an opportunity to play golf together. Build memories that are built on the golf course. And, and I think if, if you can make it entertaining, kids are going to be more apt to come back and do it because they, it was fun. I mean, it, it was just fun. It wasn't carry my bag because I had to carry my bag. Let's just go have a good time. Grab a few clubs. We'll play two or three holes in, and we'll have a good time. We'll have ice cream after. And if there's one thing that's come out of this pandemic, the ability for families to spend time on the golf course is going to be worth its weight in gold moving forward. Kids that maybe never have never played golf or parents that played golf but are now coming back to the game because their kids have interests. And those are going to be really the building blocks of growing our game on the junior level. John, I, I, just a couple more before I let you go. And uh, I want to switch gears over to, to your job uh, or your role in the media. I mean, you're a co-host of a show on ESPN Radio up there in New York called On the Tee with uh, Anita Marks, um, and you're so good at it because, you know, you talk about fun, right, and you're making the game fun for kids, but you make the show fun. You're you're just a lot of fun to be around, and, and the things that you bring to uh, to that show are outstanding. Um, I'm curious. I, I just got I, – I, I see you as doing way more in broadcast media than just that one show. Is that something you aspire to do? Yeah, Chris, you know, if I were to, you know, I try to jot down goals and, and, and dreams of mine every year. And, and that's certainly one of them is to get more involved in that. It's something I'm, I feel just kind of comfortable with my own skin about. If that makes sense. I'm sure, obviously, for you, you're uh, exceptionally good at it as well. And I learned a lot just by listening to your show. But I think if, you, if you're truly talking about something that you love and that you're excited about, and I'd go up and talk to a guy in the corner about golf because that's how I feel about the game and how I want them to, I want them to feel the same way I do. And I want my listeners to kind of smile and, and kind of get engaged that way from the way I approach the game. And it's just an opportunity for me. You know, we talk about growing the game. We used to do it in different ways. And this is the way I do it. I'm going to grow the game over the air and, and get people to listen and think about golf and turn on the TV on, on uh, Sunday, you know, when you're not watching the Steelers or something or the Giants and watch a little golf. One more before I let you go, John. And, and, and last time you joined me, we talked about your what, what, what I was hoping was a series for Live from John's Backyard. Well, I was hoping yeah. that was going to be an ongoing thing. That was fantastic. I mean, it's, it's sort of like, you know, the whole Christopher walk-in, you know. Guess what? I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. And for me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna you know, I got a fever for more now. John Mascari video. I mean, the only solution <laughs> is that. Come on, my friend. When can I they get are, another uh, one? They are, 
they are in production. We are we have some scripts already written. I'm preparing those already. Uh, kind of got sidetracked with COVID and then and, and furloughing my staff, unfortunately. So things got a little tight on our end, but I love doing it. My kids love being involved and I got some fun ideas. So be on the lookout for that, Chris. You will awesome. not be disappointed. That's good news. That's good news. Yeah, before I let you go, remind our listeners, how can they stay up to date with all the great things you're doing and follow you, whether it's online or it's on social media? Yeah, please follow me online on Twitter, John Mascari, with an I at the end, PGA. Uh, I'm on Instagram. It's just J Mascari, PGA on Instagram. And our club website is alpinecc.org. Well, John, it's always a, a lot of fun having you as part of the show. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to come back and be a part of it. I hope the elbow stays good, my friend, and uh, I look forward to the opportunity, hopefully real soon, to catch up with you. My pleasure, Chris. And I'll echo, echo uh, my predecessor from Long Island, Tom, who said, uh, you know, I'm so thankful for the work that you do on behalf of the golf professional and the and the game of golf by, by allowing us this, um, this opportunity to speak and, and talk about the game we all love so much. It's given us so much in our lives. So thank you, my friend. You are uh, certainly, uh, as they say up in my neck of the woods, a mensch. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you, my friend. Take care, cuz. All the best to you and your family. Stay safe. We'll catch up soon. You as well. See you, John. That's the great John Mascari. So it's uh, just like my last name, swap out the O for an I. And uh, I'm telling you, folks, you got to listen to his show if you, you know, if you can uh, find it online on the T. It's absolutely outstanding. John makes everything that he does more fun, whether that's, you know, kids coming up into the game, whether that's things that he's doing at the Alpine Country Club, whether that's the radio show on the T or coming and being a part of this show. Uh, every once in a while, everything that he does is better because he touches. And I mean that sincerely. If you listen to him, if you watch the video, I'm telling you, you got to watch these videos when they come out, you know, from John's backyard. He did one, uh, a while back, which absolutely got me, you know, hooked in. Gotta have more. I mean that. Gotta have more. They're that well done. Um, so I look forward to having John back on the show again soon. He's a fantastic PGA professional. A great guest, and uh, like I say, it just doesn't come any better than that. All right, before I get to my next guest, Rich Kozowski, I want to give a shout-out to a couple of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at Finn Cycles. It's time to rethink golf. The game is at a tipping point. The young people we need in the game don't have four and a half hours to spend out on the course. Pairing Finn Cycles with a desire to play ready golf can cut playing time in half because all golfers go directly to their own golf ball. Plus, it's tons of fun. Go online to finscooters.com and click on Find a Fin for a course that has them near you. I also want to give another shout-out to our friends over at the McLemore. The McLemore Mountaintop community rests atop the highlands of Lookout Mountain, Georgia, overlooking historic McLemore Cove and Pigeon Mountain. Surrounded on all sides by state and national parks, historic land districts, and private land trusts, the resort features an 18-hole Reese Jones and Bill Bergen championship course, a gated residential community, and a planned clubhouse opening in the fall of 2020, plus planned hotel and conference center. The dramatic 18-hole course is made up of a variety of golf experiences, combining canyon holes, highland holes, cliff edge holes that are well-suited for the beginning golfer as well as the senior player. McLemore also offers a wonderful six-hole short course called the Karen, 
Designed by Bill Bergen, the Cairn provides players with a short warm-up or cool-down before or after a round, or a relaxing way to improve one's game with family and friends. McLemore is located a short driving distance from Atlanta, Nashville, Knoxville, Birmingham, and Huntsville, and just 35 minutes from downtown Chattanooga, voted number one best town in America two years in a row by Outside Magazine. While a private course, McLemore offers stay-and-play packages for guests in club-managed properties, as well as a number of membership opportunities, including social memberships, non-resident memberships, and corporate memberships as well. For more information, please visit McLemore online at themclemore.com or give them a call at 800-329-8154. All right, now joining me here on Next on the T is Rich Kazowski. Rich is the CEO of Perfect Motion. You heard Chip Beck singing the praises of their app a few weeks ago here on the show. The app allows you to continuously improve your swing with or without a ball. Oh, by the way, all you need is your phone. Rich has 30 years of management, technology, and finance experience, earned his undergraduate degree in electrical engineering at MIT, and his master's from the Harvard Business School. And I'm very excited he is with me tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, Rich, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Chris, uh, glad to be here. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, excited about uh, chatting with you about what we're all doing, what we're doing with Perfect Motion. Yeah, I'm- so am I. So, Rich, for the folks who weren't able to join me a couple of weeks ago when Chip Beck was on the show, talk about what Perfect Motion is and how it works. Okay. <clears throat> well, Perfect Motion is, in its simplest form, is a is a uniquely personalized golf training system um, <clears throat> that will quickly. Uh, allow you to develop a repeatable body motion with every club in the bag. And actually, in a, so it, using an innovative process we call uh, continuous expert feedback. <laughs> the bottom line is use the app. It, 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 it helps you figure out what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, and helps you get a consistent, repeatable swing, which gives you, you know, more distance, better accuracy, and a lot more fun. On the course. So, Rich, am, am I sending a video clip of my swing through the app, or is it something more real-time feedback? <laughs> yeah. So, great question. Let let me. Uh, the, you sort of hit the nail on the head. What we have this. Uh, we're very different. Uh, we're not a video-based app. We use the optics of the camera and artificial intelligence to actually capture and trace your swing in real time. And at the end of every swing, every single swing or putt, you get an immediate feedback. You get not only you have live feedback with boundaries to help you contain your vertical lateral motion and keep your posture correct, but you also get a trace of your body's motion and, and a, a diagnosis of what you did wrong if you did something wrong. Um, and so what happens is again, every single swing you get this feedback. So, what we're really all about is is allowing you to, through trial and error, the natural way we learn, to develop feel for the right motion so that you get the the result you want from the from your ball flight from contact. Does that so sort of make I, sense? Or uh... <laughs> yeah, it it does. I'm, and so I'm I'm really intrigued because as I was doing the research 
uh, you know, for, for your segment, one of the things that really struck me is you don't need a golf ball. It's just your swing, yeah. golf ball or, or not. Why, why do you not need a golf ball? Well, <laughs> great question. Um, so, you know, again, I, I sort of start by saying that, that what, what has amazed us, and, and by the way, this is, this is something new. Um, we're making discoveries every week with, through the data because of the so much, the volume of swing and the variety of swings and the variety of players and the input from great instructors all over the world. And so what happens is through this data collection and data science, we discover ways in which the body works better or, or not as good. And so all of this goes into those sort of algorithms. So your question is, you don't need a ball. Well, when when you have a ball, we detect the moment of impact using the microphone of the of the phone. That's simple, but but through our analysis, we've been able to determine when you would have struck the ball without knowing exactly where the club head is because it's moving too fast. We can't capture the club head because we're only using the front camera of a phone. But what we can do is determine based on different motions and different orientations of body when you would have struck the ball. And it's amazingly accurate. So um, that's why you don't need a ball. And once you don't need a ball, everything changes because now you can practice anywhere, anytime, and still get the same feedback in terms of your body motion as though you were hitting a ball. And, and, and so this, in some ways, the, the, the secret to our success is that we've now enabled anybody to take uh, and literally download the app, take five swings without a ball, and you'll see two things right away. One, your body's motion is grooved. Everybody, everybody has that muscle memory, and that your the trace of your body, which is what we give you after every swing, will be almost identical, also unique to you. So um, we're having a lot of fun, and what happens is when you don't need a ball, and you do have not, and you have improper or not not perfect body motion, um, it's much easier to introduce a change and then groove the change without the distraction of the ball. And you know, all sorts of instructors have sort of noted this. All sorts of other professions with with motion training have noted that. And so what happens is, let's say, for an example, you, your, your fault is you lift your arms on the back swing. So that means you sort of come up, you're not rotating enough, you're not pivoting on your right hip if you're a, if you're a, if you're a righty. So you sort of lift up and, and first of all, you may not be aware of that. That's going to tell you that. Well, so, so, so now that you know it and you get a tip, by the way, right out of the app, because there are custom video fixes for every fault from great instructors. You get to choose choose one for free, like Chip, and he'll give you a tip as to how to improve that motion, that rotation, so you no longer lift. And of course, once you stop lifting, you can have a shallower path, you can have better contact, and you can be more consistent. Well, so now now you groove that new motion where you're not lifting, you're actually rotating, 
properly, still maintaining your posture. And once you get it going without a ball, then introduce the ball. And it's such a much faster, better way to improve your swing. And to be honest, it's a little, it's fun because you can, you know, you can swing anyway, anytime you want, office, backyard, basement. So to that point, though, Rich, it's not just your driver, your woods, your irons, but also your putting stroke, right? Because I've got a little putting green, you know, set up here, a little, little thing, you know, in my studio. So I'm imagining yep. I can put my phone down on the floor and get feedback <laughs> about my putting stroke from right inside my house. Is that right? Yeah. So the, the putting is, is fantastic. And, um, so the way, so, so first of all, we don't track the putter head. For putting, we focus solely on your head. <laughs> and what we track during the putt is tilt of your head and m- movement, lateral and vertical motion of your head. And why is that important? Because many, actually good golfers, have a tendency because of their the way they're oriented and their setup, end up actually either moving their upper body toward the, the hole or away from it during the stroke, or they actually have their head tilted. Now, what's the what's the problem with your head tilted? Well, guess what? Your eye line is thrown off. Once your eye line is thrown off, you're really compensating for whatever line you've determined for the ball. And I can, I can say with, you know, good certainty that many people or probably most people when they first try the app will have no idea that their head's tilted, but the app shows you right away. In fact, it gives you a little beep if you're tilted too much. And once you're aware of it, it's actually very easy to correct. But, um, so, so anyway, and what happens is that through that sort of practice, you now start to sort of really maintain a, a very still upper body, and you don't introduce the, the problem of uh, of distorting the eye line, and and you can really start to uh, develop a very repeatable putt. Now, having said that, the other part of the app I, I've talked about sort of make of traces of the body. We also allow you with a push of a button, a tap of a button to, to actually also record video images or snapshots, we call them, during the swing. So there's also imagery, and that's really important both for you and for an instructor if you choose to work with one, because then you can see everything about your setup. You can see timing. You can see whether you peek towards the hole before you hit the ball or after you hit the ball. That's one of the other things that's really important about good putting is not to peak too soon. Um, yeah, so, and it's it just, you just set it up and you putt. Um, the, the the phone sort of walks you through every swing. You it, it you lean the phone. It tells you if you've, if you've tilted it correctly or not. You get about four feet away. It'll tell you if it's, if you're too close or too far away. And then it, it'll, it'll sort of walk you through either a swing or a putt. It'll tell you to look to the target, look back at the ball or the imaginary ball if you don't have one. And then to swing or to putt. And if you don't have a ball, all you got to remember is finish your swing by rotating your head towards the target. Or if you're putting, just rotate towards the hole, take a peek, and that will end the swing. And 
then uh, you'll you'll have your feedback. And Rich, for for those of us that have sort of that one club in our bag that we hate, the one that we tell ourselves, ah, I can't <laughs> hit that club. Is the app a way for us to figure out why that one club isn't working for uh-huh. us? You know, it's it's a great question. Some of the tour pros we're, we're we're working with, that's exactly how they use the app. They create the condition they least enjoy. <laughs> you know, water on the right, wind from the left. You know, 150 in, and they actually use the app really in self discovery to see what about the body motion changes for that particular situation or that club. And it's really interesting. Um, you know, we've seen a lot. So, so we create what's called a motion map after every swing. So that's so we call them maps. And again, it's think think of a dot on your chest, like the upper chest, like near your neck. And think about once you set up at your address position, we capture that dot. And then as you take a swing, we're going to trace that dot's motion throughout the swing till 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 you make impact. Now, that's not actually how it works, but that's the best way to sort of think about it. So now you get a trace of that motion, and we pop it on a grid that's one inch, uh, that's a one-inch grid. So we're talking about tiny amounts of motion. But the, the app is so accurate that, again, you take out your iron, take a swing. You'll see that on every one of your swings, you have three inches of lateral motion away from the target, and then you come down diagonally return to the address position laterally but your you know your address position your impact position should always be below the address position for drives and irons but the point is you'll see this now trace of the motion and what you'll notice is that it's very it's it's very very consistent so you'll see that same that same motion on every one of your swings uh, really until you change it and so some of your clubs, you just will have a different, mo- you know, all the, all the clubs will, di- will vary. That motion, that trace will be different, but some of them may have, you know, one of them may have a fault that you don't have with the others. You know, your wedges, you end up, you end up actually, uh, you, you end up dipping <laughs> too much or you end up getting too far in front, um, where you don't do that with some of your other clubs. So it, it is interesting that, that it will vary. In fact, sometimes it varies quite dramatically um, between clubs. But but the app again will give you the fee- the same feedback for any shot, including chips. So we have no, it's putting, it's chipping, and then it's drives, irons, and uh, wedges. Rich, going back to uh, chip back, I'm curious how how did the two of you guys connect? <laughs> well. I met Chip, uh, we, we've been in the golf industry sort of selling technology solutions for about five years. We had an earlier product. And when I got started with that, one of uh, my actual, my, my, golf, my golf instructor, uh, Tim Tierney out of Weston Golf Club here in, here in Massachusetts, was, was a friend of mine, my coach. So I got together with him and said, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I do a lot of tech. I'd love to sort of see if we could figure out something in the golf space. He had a bunch of ideas, one of which, one of which had to do with sort of, sort of head position in, in certain aspects of the swing. We came up with a, I came up with some technology and it was a hardware product. Problem was it was a little limited. And so long story short is when I went to reinvent or 
cost reduced, I said, let's make it an app-based product with sensors. And then we had an aha moment of, gee, what happens if we could just use the optics of the camera without any sensors and everything changed? Well, on that route, when the first company, when I was working with Tim, I was introduced to Chip because they do clinics together uh, down at uh, Gray Oaks. And, and since I've got to know Chip, I mean, he's just the most delightful person, uh, has incredible passion for golf, incredible knowledge, and just, just a delight to work with. And so as we got going, he got more and more involved with, with Perfect Motion because because he really liked what it did and it really helped helped him in some ways sort of reinvent himself for a new career. And that's because, it, you know, what it does is it allows him to do what he does really well, which is once he, once there's a... <laughs> Once he, he sees what you're doing, he loves to sort of give you the, the right sort of the right tip <laughs> to get you over the hump into the next one. And, and, and the other thing he loves is that the app focuses you on, it figures out, you may have a, a lot of different issues with your swing. It prioritizes the issues and focuses you on eliminating one at a time, which is, again, the way he loves to work. So the other thing is he didn't have a huge base of, uh, a students because he really wasn't working with out of one club. You know, of course he had this great professional career and Ryder cups and four tour wins, but you know, he, he, he didn't have a conventional base. So what's happening with, you know, with perfect motion, really, I think in, in sort of the future of golf instruction is it's more about an, an individual in, instructor's brand and their ability to work with students, remotely in very, very powerful ways that really speed improvement. So he's a great guy. We've got to know each other. Um, he's been really helpful in all sorts of fronts. He's just so knowledgeable. But, uh, you know, every, everybody loves Chip. So when I go on the app, Rich, and I choose yep. Chip, you know, for, for my coach, what can I expect to get back? Okay, so... The, the app is really designed to be used sort of in a self-guided manner. So I just want to make it clear that anybody can download the app. It's free to use for two weeks. And then it's only $6 a month thereafter to get all of the features. And that includes choosing an instructor like Chip. And what that means is that when you have an issue or a fault in your swing, there's there's a custom video that Chip is is created just for that issue that allows you to fix it. Um, so that's so you get basically a single voice of instruction, along with the the app giving you that that continuous feedback that helps you learn and improve and uh, and develop that repeatable swing. So there's absolutely nothing else that's required for you to work in that capacity. Now, and that works great. And a lot of a lot of the subscribers, you know, don't have a further relationship. But I think the real power of the app is that we have created. It's really a platform for instructors to offer a new type of coaching offering that really has not existed. That really speeds improvement at a price point that's just sort of crazy. So let's think about, um, so Chip would, his hourly is 200. 
Okay, that's pretty standard, you know, for a for a high level instructor. Well, for 159, he has the 59 club for 159 a month. He'll coach you. So instead of an hour, for less than the amount you'd pay for an hour of chip on the box, you get an entire month of his coaching. So we've created a, an ability to, again, offer a incredibly valuable service that really works and that allows chip to work with people anywhere and allows you as a, as a, as a golfer, any golfer to improve really, really quickly and Again, chip can you can use chip any way you want. If you want to focus on short game, you focus on short game. If you want to work on 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 drives and irons, you work on drives and irons. And the way the way the the offer works is that you download the app, and the app is what is the way you work with chip every day. You use the app; it's giving you feedback. Chip customizes the app based on results, and on a weekly basis, he emails you the the plan for the next week based on all of the activity that you've had using the app, again, at home, at the range, the more you use the app, the better information he has. And then he guides you, and week by week, you make progress. So that's really the way it works. Rich, for for our listeners that are, and just like I am, kind of picturing all of this sort of thing coming through my phone and interacting with uh, with the technology. so. Um, it's what I'm envisioning is sort of a, an entire, I don't know, portfolio of things that now I have access to. I can, at the subscription level and the things that I'm doing with interacting with the app, I can subscribe for the $6 a month and I can find out my own, you know, trying to make my own corrections. I can interact right. with Chip and maybe get some uh, feedback from him about, you know, stuff that you talked about that is sort of, um, pre-recorded you know, instruction based on what the app is telling me I'm doing wrong, or I can go all the way to the next level and just work with Chip. Is that is that how is this sort of stratified that way? Yeah, although I'd say that the real, the way you're going to work with Chip is in an interactive way, but it's because the, you know, think of it this way, the app engages, you use the app because it engages you and gives you valuable feedback every time you use it. So it's like chip with you. It's like you're on the box with chip with every swing. So that's what happens with the app. Now he's got, now because you're using the app and the way the app trains you session by session with a singular focus to try to eliminate an issue that you make progress. He sees all of the results of that and knows exactly how to help you get to the next level. He's got a, you know, a library of additional, um, drills and tips and motion drills and psychological drills and everything else that he then can deliver to you to help you the following week make progress. And sort of that's the way it works. And so you're really getting, you're really getting chip and his guidance in a very efficient manner that helps you improve quickly. So does that, does that sort of, again, does that sort of help in, in the, in the level there? Um, now, Absolutely. of course, you know, yeah, and 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 we really do, you know, it, we 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 feel that this is um, definitely a piece of the future of instruction. I mean, um, it was interesting, your your you know, John that you had on just prior, he was talking about you know how COVID 
has you know impacted the industry and the PGA to sort of take care of their instructors. And you know, one of the things one of the things that we are uh, you know we're all about better golf through expert guidance, and it's really the instructor's expertise that we're marrying with AI detection. To, to form really a, a very effective way to improve. But our app, it, the, the app, it really becomes an extension of the instructor. So for instance, when you, when, when you work with chip, everything about the app is chip. So you're working with chip. It's not us. It's chip. And we're helping what we do with our app is help every instructor build their own brand. What we're really doing. If you think about it, we're taking the golf profession, the instructor's profession, and we're helping them add leverage like every other profession in the world where you build up expertise, you package it up, and you deliver it on demand when, you know, at, for high value when, when, when a customer or a student needs it. And that's really what our system is doing. And, and because the app is very autonomous, you can do a lot without having to talk to the instructor every time you use it. Um, that allows the leverage so that they can offer this great service at a very reasonable price. By the way, one other thing I should mention is the app also allows an instructor to give you a real-time lesson anywhere. And again, it could be with or without a ball, depending on what you're working on. Because every time you take a swing, that swing is immediately, and I mean immediately, up in the cloud and then back to the to the phone of the of the instructor. Um, and it's because we're not taking video; we're doing other things that are much less data intense. I mean, our we can represent a swing more more that's more like the size of a text message than it is like a video. So that everything that we transmit is immediate, and, and we love demonstrating that. So it's sort of fun. But the point is, imagine you have your phone on the ground and you're you're practicing your putting, and literally you take a putt, and while you're on the phone with Chip, he sees the map and says, "Oh, you're still moving your head a little bit to the left. Let's try this." It's the only way. It's really the only system that that allows both the golfer and the instructor to see the same detailed information at the in real time. So in other words, a FaceTime, you know, there's just, you can only see so much. The, the accuracy of the optics of the camera are really amazing in terms of what we're tracking. So you get details that you just can't see with the naked eye. Well, Rich, now that you've got us all excited about the uh, possibilities, <laughs> How can we go out uh, on uh, whether it's on our Apple iPhones or or it's on uh, Android and get the app and uh, and give it a twirl? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Um. So the easiest way to get it is to either go to our website, which is PerfectMotion.io, and you know we have a very simple story about what it's about, and uh, then there's there's a couple of links to the stores to download it or just just go to you know the app store or the play store and search for perfect motion one word perfect motion and you'll find us and just install the app um you know once you install it you sign up with just you know your name and your email address we we ask for some other information if you want to help us sort of get better 
And then, uh, you know, like handicap and things. And then, um, and then it, the app will really will, will step you through the first swing, show you exactly what buttons you have to push, how to lean it, and then even take you through. We encourage you to do your first session, training session, at home without a ball right away, just so you see what it's like. And, you know, you take five swings. We even without a club, just take five swings, you know, just to sort of get used to it. And it'll diagnose every swing at the end of that. It'll tell you where you are and suggest ways to, uh, to improve. And then we encourage you also to choose a coach. And we have, you know, 10 or so great instructors on the app that you can choose from. There's lots more coming. Um, we're very open. We, we're working with just great instructors. I mean, that's, to be honest, that's sort of my, one of my favorite parts of the app. Or this, this, our, our, you know, our, uh, our approach is we're, we're really a community where we, we, we work in partnership with, with, uh, instructors. In fact, we only get, we only succeed if they succeed. And, um, it's a real community where we can, sh- we, you know, we talk about maps and how to help students. We, we, you know, it's so easy. The maps are so easy to share because they're so visual that, that, the instructors, we, we're, we're, we're doing, we're, we're swapping stories about, about how to help students all the time. It's just so much fun. But, um, you pick an instructor. Now you have a single voice. If you're interested, you can then, you know, do more with that instructor. There's no obligation. By the way, if $6 is too much, you can still use the app for free. It's, you only get one session a day, but you can still use it. So, uh, we want to be inclusive. And and for the other thing is we're always you know we've had about sixty versions of the app in the last year. I mean we make improvements all the time, so we love feedback of any kind. We we want to try to make it as good an experience as possible, and we we love working with instructors because we keep learning and making the app better. Well, Rich, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night to come and and explain it all to us and. Uh... Uh, I've downloaded the app, so I'm looking forward to playing with it, and uh, and I'll of course uh, sign up with Chip and see you know all the things that he's going to be able to do to help my game. But I can't thank you enough for being here and walking us through. You're fantastic. Oh well, well, thank you. I, I enjoyed it, and I uh, you know hey we, we, maybe we can do it again sometime after you get to uh, play with the app. Maybe uh, absolutely Chip and I can come on and and talk about you know you or others. I mean we're happy. You know, we're happy to diagnose swings for anybody. Uh, it's so easy with the app. So maybe maybe we could even have some listeners use it, and then we could get on and talk about them. Because, you know, we could just look at the app, look at the maps, and sort of see what's going on. It's it's really sort of it's really fun. Yeah, no, the possibilities are endless. So I look forward to that. I hope <laughs> I hope we get the opportunity to do it again soon. I can't thank you enough, Richard. Like I said, you're fantastic okay. in the app. I'm 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 anxious to see. <laughs> okay, well well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Chris. This was fun. So uh, Absolutely. Okay. All right. Cheers. Take care, Rich. All yep. the best to you and your family. Okay. Stay safe out there. Thank See you. Ya. Same to you. Bye-bye. That's Rich Kozowski. Again, um, perfect motion. All one word, as he said, is uh, how you'll be able to search for it out on uh, uh, on either you know, on your iPhone or your iTunes and the, and the iStore and uh, as well as on Android. Um, I downloaded the app. I'm looking forward to playing with it and seeing what it can do right here, you know, from a putting perspective and then out on the range to see uh, what it detects with my swing and then seeing what Chip has to say as well. So I'd like to get Rich and Chip back on the show 
and uh, share more about it. Look, looks and sounds fantastic. I'm anxious. All right, folks, it's time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Team. My sincere thanks again to Tom Patrick, John Mascari, and Rich Kozowski for joining me. Please check out our website. Go on nextonthetea.net. There you'll be able to keep up to date with what our guest schedule looks like. And we've got all kinds of information out there on the website. You can stream, you know, any of our, you know, our uh, archived episodes. We've carved them up into individual segments. So if you want to pick and choose which segments you uh, want to listen to, all available for you on our website. Um, speaking of our guest scheduled to join me next week is a guy who's become a really wonderful friend of the show, and that's Hal Sutton. I've really enjoyed getting to know Hal and having him as part of the show. He'll be back, as will another fellow uh, major champion, Mark Kalkovecchia, will be making his second appearance with me on the show. And then a guy I've been looking forward to having on my show for a long time, and that's Chris Mitchell. I've been uh, fortunate uh, to be on Chris's show several times uh, on his podcast, a podcast to be named later. Uh, he typically grills me around the majors. We've gotten together for the majors every year, except for this year, because of obviously how things have gotten jumbled around. But uh, I, I'm looking forward to sort of turning the tables on Chris and, and getting his thoughts as we look ahead to the Masters. Should be fun. You can stream this show as a podcast. We are all over the net, folks. We are on great sites and apps like podcast.co. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audioboom, Player.fm, Radio.com. Tune in. If you have a favorite podcasting site, we're probably on it. Just go up to the search bar, type in next on the T. I'm sure you'll find us. Folks, I can't thank you again for choosing to listen to this show tonight. We really appreciate the fact that you make us a part of your golfing content. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends.